This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. It is 2024, baby. Woo! And uh, man, so here we go. We're in season three. Debatably, I mean, it seems like it's a real toss-up. Some people think this is the worst season of the OC. Some people think season four is the worst season of the OC. You know, I'm two episodes in as we're hitting record on this, and. Uh, I don't know what to think. There was a lot of anger in in me throughout both of these episodes, but we'll we'll get through them. We'll get through both of these over the next two weeks. Um, but I have to give a a very heartfelt um, kudos to you, to my girlfriend, to all of the other OC fans in my life who allowed me to just believe that Trey was dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> Imagine my surprise to find out that Trey was in a coma. Yes. And I thought, all right, they're just prolonging this death. And then his finger starts moving, and I'm like, wait, what is happening exactly? Uh, which it wasn't even subtle, right? Like, it was just yeah. like, ah! <laughs> he yeah. like, I was like, is he having a seizure? He's actually having they, a seizure. <laughs> they lingered on the hand way too long. <laughs> like, it was like... Yeah. A good 25 seconds before anything happened. And I was like, well, if his finger doesn't move soon, I'm going to be like, this is just bad editing. It was like the end of Inception where. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Is oh, the my God. But it was, yeah. It's just like a little tinge and then cut to black. Yeah. <laughs> you could. That's the thing that's so baffling to me about the OC is it's both really good at drawing out drama and also horrible at it. Like. This episode could have easily been three or four stressful episodes of plot with yeah. the tray of it all. But instead, the entire tray thing is set up and resolved by the end of the episode. You look away for five minutes and he's on a bus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? 
Um, but hey, you know what? Like, good. I I I don't know. I mean, it's so weird. There's this episode. There's really only two major plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, we're juggling like three or four, but the the main the main thing is the tray of it all. Yeah, that tray has been shot. He's in the hospital. They want to say that it was Ryan that went over there with malicious intent to kill mm-hmm. that shot Trey. Oh, who um, was the they that wanted to say that? Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of people. I'm going to say, for starters, uh, Lassie from Psych showing up as a as an investigator. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get into the Julie Cooper of it all very soon, and it just leads into like all this drama. We're also finding out that. Parents are petitioning for Julie and or uh, for Marissa and Ryan to not be allowed in school because of this shooting, mm-hmm. which is fucking wild. That this is the this is the thing that breaks the camel's back of everything. But whatever, we'll, we can move on with that. And then we also continue the Kirsten in therapy stuff, which I think actually made me angrier. Than the Trey stuff, okay. um, just because you and I talked about this so much while discussing season two that like they don't know how to do the Sandy Kirsten mm-hmm. drama well, and like this just kind of is a further. I really was hoping that it was like. Kirsten will go to rehab. She'll come back. They'll fully have accepted that this is a show about the teens and Mm -hmm. just like let Sandy and Kirsten like settle into a status quo place for the last two seasons and just focus all the energy on the core four. But and and again, maybe it's just because I'm too close to the material of like knowing people going through rehab, knowing these different things, knowing that like. You shouldn't build a codependent relationship with someone that you just met out of rehab. Like, that's not helpful. That's why they tell you when you go to get (laughs) a sponsor, it should be someone who's got, like, a couple years of being sober under their belt. Like, there's so many things. Um, And I, I wrote, this is the whole thing. I wrote a very long, frantic paragraph. And it says, wait. Does Trey live? What the hell is happening? Why is his finger twitching? Kirsten's meeting a girl in rehab to possibly get drinks with? This sounds bad. Oh, now she's glaring across the way. God damn it. I guess there's going to be more marriage tension. What the fuck, writers? <laughs> uh, you know, Matt, you, if you have strong opinions about uh, Kirsten's rehabilitation process you're gonna continue to have those yeah (laughs) i I already can see that this is this is a rough this is gonna be a rough season i get i get your frustration at this season already there's something that happens in the second episode that oh yeah no 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 also makes me really frustrated i am trying so hard the the most that i can say about this episode is that at least it's not episode two which like episode two at points i was like ah this is a little bit more fun than than episode one but then when it's like frustratingly not good it is like it is ruined your night frustratingly not good um, but I'm trying really hard to not think about episode two just yet. Um, I will say one of the best 
moments in all of the OC happens in this episode, though. Tell me. So the the core four dealing with the drama of everything that's happening at school because of the shooting. And uh, Summer's like, I think we just need to get away. And they go sailing and they have this lovely beach day. And I think that the beach scene is very charming and sweet because so many shots during this musical montage feel like it's just the actors being themselves trying to make each other laugh while having a fun day at the beach. Mm-hmm. And like for a couple moments, I'm like, I get it. I get the appeal of sailing, living in Newport, sailing to a random beach, having a bonfire together, just goofing around. Like that was like one of the most wholesome charming moments in the history of the OC. Yeah, and it's all for naught. <laughs> it's oh, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It was um, like remember when this was half the show? Yeah. <laughs> in I wrote one? down remember wrote all down those another, good feelings. Yeah, just enjoying each other's company. Uh I wrote down another note that I want to read verbatim and said, "Hey Joe." <laughs> oh, God. Julie Cooper's Julie Cooper's Joe. about to try to Julie Cooper's about to try to frame Ryan. Is this the episode I'm supposed to start liking Julie Cooper? When is, when does that episode show up? First of all, you should have started you should have already been on the Julie Cooper train since season 1. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um and again, I, I understand believe... that she's like the ultimate defensive mother, but exactly. like Exactly. I, I can't but believe But she's also I'm this illogical. Point. She's like She's like, how's that going to look on an, a college application that her hobbies are gunning down blue-collar criminals? And I'm like, Julie, what do you think you put on a college application exactly? Because I think that not killing someone but wounding someone in an act of self-defense is mm-hmm. not a thing that n- ever in history needs to come up on your college application. This Correct. is the thing you're worried about, not the overdose in Tijuana or like all of the other... Marissa, and that's the thing. Like, I will give a fleeting lesbianism. This. Yeah, like, well, I don't think that that would that actually might look good on a college application. But like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the uh, that's the world that the liberals want us to live in. Uh, the, yes. <laughs> the um, the elements of like just all of this, like this all. It's really hard to not bring up episode two, so I'm not going to. But the point is, Marissa has a whole lot more skeletons in the closet that she has to worry about becoming public knowledge while applying for colleges mm-hmm. than like this self-defense situation. Yeah. Now, I understand that combined together, it's an issue. So, Julie Cooper successfully goes and bribes Trey to tell everybody, including the police, that Ryan is the person who shot him. Which causes Ryan to decide he's going to run away. Uh, As Seth says, he's got the wife beater and the jeans on. It's the classic Ryan runaway uh, outfit. And they agree to try to take a boat and get him to safety. And the police show up and break this up. What I am confused by, Joe, Mm -hmm. is how the very next scene, three people who tried to help a convict escape are able to just roam the streets free (laughs) and go into the hospital to essentially threaten Trey into telling the truth. Uh, Sandy's just that good of a lawyer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We got to go back a little bit, though. We got to go back a little bit because the 
the like almost like horror movie like scene of like the Julie nurse Cooper in a dark hospital yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the nurse sitting there and then like looking over and being like, huh. And into me, it's like, it's giving, oh my God, you know, Halloween Jason's going to come out and like yeah. <laughs> cut her head off. But then you see like, you see the shoes, which like shoes. could not be more 2004 or whatever period we're in. And so, and and it's just like beautiful how it's shot but it was like for a moment i this is also my like uh, fright school trauma right i was like oh no jason's gonna come out and kill her um and no it's actually julie cooper that's just gonna threaten her <laughs> hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline at maximum mediocrity people say things like i don't dress like this on the regular basis this isn't my you know pooping uniform this is not <laughs> and they also say things like the the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be why am i f- facing floyd mayweather in the f- what? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. All right. Well, threats aside, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do have to say that talking about horror movie scenes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stay tuned for next week. I think think that there are plot beats next week that feel even more like a horror movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be ready for that. But Joe, I think it's time to talk about the tunes in this episode. Kind of tunes light, I will say. Mm-hmm. But we get three of them. Uh, the 88s, Hide Another Mistake, plays while our core four are enjoying some food together. Ian, I believe this is pronounced Browdy. Ian Browdy, Song for No One, plays when they sail to the beach and have their fun day at the beach. And then the Block Party's Blue Light plays as Trey is escorted away on a bus. Um, what escorted. is your... S- <laughs> escorted away. Uh, what is your song of the episode? It's the Beach, the Browdy song. I agree. I agree. So much so that I added that song to my 2024 playlist, which is like the playlist I put on whenever I want music in my house. Because uh, I was like, this is just a nice, sweet, wholesome song. Yeah. I do want to give a shout out 
to the 88s, a band who I've never heard anybody in the world talk about, but somehow was like all the rage in the late 2000s with doing the community theme song, Mm -hmm. showing up in the OC. They were the wedding band for uh, How I Met Your Mother. Like, I don't know what this little indie band that no one's ever heard of did in like the 2005 to 2010 range of their career, but man, did showrunners love them. (laughs) So quick shout out to them. Joe, we've passed the biggest pop culture moment of the OC for sure. Mm -hmm. I think from this moment the notability of the OC definitely starts to take a dip in the public eye. I could be wrong. Is there any other giant beloved moment that I'm missing out on? Or or is it basically for the diehards for the next season or two? Like nothing's going to top the Trey shooting, right? That is like well, the peak of yes. OC. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So we've we've definitely hit the peak of everybody talking about the OC, but that doesn't mean... That we're not going to still do our pop culture promo. I'm going to talk about a movie that I put off for far too long. Did not watch until October of last year. Mm-hmm. After everybody had already put it on their best of the year list for the previous year. I finally watched Pearl. Oh, Pearl is fantastic. I haven't watched it either. I haven't watched oh, it yet. Oh my god. Pearl is delightful. I think you will like Pearl for the exact same reason I liked Pearl which is that it's serving a lot of Wizard of Oz energy throughout the entire movie. Um, Did you just just... call me gay? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, was that a slur? Is that a new type of slur? (laughs) You would really love Pearl. (laughs) No. um, Well, do I need to watch X first? Uh, I don't think so, because it's technically a prequel to X. Okay. Um, It's... There is a character that you meet in X that may or may not have something to do with the plot of X, but this is like 30 years before X, the origin stories of this character, um, but it it really operates as a standalone story. If you had no interest in ever watching X, I would still say watch Pearl. I think Pearl is the better of the two, okay. but it's just about a... A girl on the farm. It's shot in a very like technicolor kind of way to Wizard of Oz. She like hangs out with a scarecrow in the field and she's dressed like Dorothy a lot. She does a couple things with that scarecrow in the field. Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen. It's, it's, you know, it's a good movie, is what I'm, you know, it's hot. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's, I, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. So, at the risk of ruining any of the movie, I will just pass pass the conversation uh, conch to you, and you can tell us your pop culture thing that you want to talk about. Um, I, as I do sort of around this time of year, is watch, uh, rewatch the Harry Potter films. And I don't know, I think maybe just because of what I was feeling around this time of year, but the, it didn't have the same kind of magic. But yeah. then I watched um, all the Fantastic Beast movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, still no magic." <laughs> but it was nice to finish the series because I didn't watch uh, Secrets of Dumbledore, the third movie in that series, when it came out last year. And so watching it again, watching it for the first time this year, I actually stayed up late last night, almost. Uh, um, I had to drag myself out of bed this morning to record, but. I finished a Secrets of Dumbledore and it was just like very anticlimactic 
but yeah, well, I'm glad I, it's done. And also, gonna... Mads Mikkelsen should have played Grindelwald from the very beginning because he yeah. was he was believable as like wizard Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I think that the problem was like so much happened mm-hmm. while making the second Fantastic Beasts movie between Johnny Depp allegations. JK just really running herself through the mud and then, you know, then claiming to be the victim as she's like fucking up her own legacy left and right. I believe the original plan was that it was going to be a six part franchise. And then after all of that went down, Universal was just like, hey, when we make this third one, let's just like try our best to tie a bow on it with like as little open endedness as possible just in case we decide we don't want to do four, five, and six of this. What I will say, though, is as a as a, a, a big Harry Potter fan, despite mm-hmm. how much I do not like the creator of Harry Potter, I still sure. feel a magicness mm-hmm. towards the uh the the books and the and the stories. Sure. And as a Hufflepuff, uh, <laughs> Newt yes. Scamander is my favorite wizard in the history of the wizard world. Uh well. Joe, we got through this first episode. You know, fingers crossed, maybe next week's episode will be great. <laughs> but it's probably not going to be because these white people can't get out of all of these goddamn problems. <laughs> you should have just cut it at maybe this episode will be great. <laughs> At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.